chapter five of the stowmarket mystery or a legacy of hate by lewis tracy this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by caroline chapter five from behind the hedge the man's swarthy rage added force to the taunt david hume leapt up but brett anticipated him gripping his arm firmly and without ostentation margaret too had risen she appeared to be battling with some powerful emotion choking back a fierce impulse for an instant the situation was electrical then the woman's clear tones rang through the room i am mistress here she cried giovanni remain silent or leave us how dare you of all men speak thus to my cousin certainly the effect of the barrister's straightforward statement was unlooked for but brett felt that a family quarrel would not further his object at that moment it was necessary to stop the imminent outburst for david hume and giovanni capella were silently challenging each other to mortal combat what a place of ill omen to the descendants of the georgian baronet was this sunlit library with its spacious french windows of course said the barrister speaking as quietly as if he were discussing the weather such a topic is an unpleasant one it is however unavoidable my young friend here is determined at all costs to discover the secret of sir alan's murder it is imperative that he should do so the happiness of his whole life depends upon his success until that mystery is solved he cannot marry the woman he loves do you mean helen leighton margaret's syllables might have been so many mortal daggers yes is david still in love with her yes and she with him david hume broke in yes rita she has been faithful to the end a very forcible italian oath came from capella as he passed through the window and strode rapidly out of sight passing to the left of the house where one of the lines of yew trees ended in a group of conservatories margaret was now deadly white she pressed her hand to her bosom forgive me she sobbed i do not feel well you will both be always welcome here let no one interfere with you but i must leave you this afternoon she staggered to the door her cousin caught her thank you davy she whispered leave me now i will be all right soon my heart troubles me no do not ring let us keep our miseries from the servants she passed out leaving hume and the barrister uncertain how best to act the situation had developed with a vengeance brett was more bewildered than ever in his life 
that scoundrel killed allen and now he wants to kill his own wife growled hume when they were alone brett looked through him rather than at him he was thinking intently for a long time minutes it seemed to his fuming companion he remained motionless with glazed immovable eyes then he awoke to action quick he cried tell me if this room has changed much since you were last here is the furniture the same is that the writing-table what chair did you sit in where was it placed quick man you have wasted eighteen months give me no opinions but facts thus admonished scared somewhat by the barrister's volcanic energy hume obeyed him there is no material change in the room he said the secretary's the same you see here is the drawer which was broken open it bears the marks of the implement used to force the lock i think i sat in this chair or one like it it was placed here my face was turned towards the fire yet in my dream i was looking through the centre window the japanese sword rested here i showed you where alan's body was found the young man darted about the room to illustrate each sentence brett followed his words and actions without comment he grabbed his hat and stick we will return later in the day he said let us go at once and call on mrs eastham mrs eastham why because i want to see miss helen leighton the old lady can send for her hume needed no urging he could not walk fast enough they had gone a hundred yards from the house when brett suddenly stopped and checked his companion behind the yew-trees on the left and rendered invisible by a stout hedge a man was running running at top speed with the labouring breath of one unaccustomed to the exercise the barrister sprang over the strip of turf passed among the trees and plunged into the hedge regardless of thorns he came back instantly there is a footpath across the park leading towards the lodge gates where does it come out he asked speaking rapidly in a low tone it enters the road near the avenue close to the gates it leads from a farmhouse a lady is walking through the park towards the lodge capella is running to intercept her come we may hear something brett set off at a rapid pace along the turf hume followed and soon they were near the lodge mrs crow saw them and came out stop her gasped brett hume signalled the woman not to open the gate she watched them with open-mouthed curiosity the barrister slowed down and quietly made his way to the leafy angle where the avenue hedge joined that which shut off the park from the road he held up a warning hand 
hume stepped warily behind him and both men looked through a portion of the hedge where briars were supplanted by hazel bushes capella was standing panting near a stile a girl dressed in muslin and wearing a large straw hat was approaching great heavens it is helen exclaimed hume brett grasped his shoulder restrain yourself he whispered earnestly luckily capella has not heard you i regret the necessity which makes us eavesdroppers but it is a fortunate accident all the same not a word remember what is at stake they could not see the italian's face his back was heaving from the violence of his exertion miss leighton was walking rapidly towards the stile obviously she had perceived the waiting man and was not pleased her pretty face flushed and sunburned wore the strained aspect of a woman annoyed but trying to be civil it was she who took the initiative good day mr capella she said pleasantly why on earth did you run so fast because i wished to be here before you miss leighton replied the man his voice tremulous with excitement then i wish i had known because i could have beaten you easily if you meant to race me that was not my object well now you have attained it whatever it may have been please allow me to get over the stile it will be late for luncheon my father wished me to ascertain how farmer burton is progressing after his spill he was thrown from his dog-cart whilst coming from the bury st edmund's fair it was easy for the listeners behind the hedge to gather that the girl's affable manner was affected she was really somewhat alarmed her eyes wandered to the high road to see if any one was approaching and she kept at some distance from the italian do not play with me nelly said capella in agonized accents i am consumed with love of you can you not at least give me your pity mr capella she cried and none but one blind to all save his own passionate desires could fail to note her lofty disdain how can you be so base as to use such language to me base to love you again i say it base and unmanly what have i done that you should venture to so insult your charming wife not to speak of the insult to myself when you so far forgot yourself a fortnight ago as to hint at your outrageous ideas regarding me i forced myself to remember that you were not an englishman that perhaps in your country there may be a social code which permits a man to dishonour his home and to annoy a defenceless woman i cannot forgive you a second time let me pass let me pass i tell you or i will strike you brett in his admiration for the spirited girl who notwithstanding her protestations seemed to be anything but defenceless momentarily forgot his companion 
a convulsive tightening of hume's muscles preparatory to a leap through the hedge warned him in time idiot he whispered as he clutched him again were not the others so taken up with the throbbing influences of the moment they must have heard the rustling of the leaves but they paid little heed to external affairs the italian was speaking nelly he said you will drive me mad but listen carissima if i may not love you i can at least defend you david hume fraser the man who murdered my wife's brother has returned and openly boasts that you are waiting to marry him boasts to whom pray to me i heard him say this not fifteen minutes since where you do not know him he could not be here without my knowledge then it is true you do intend to marry this unconvicted felon mr capella i really think that you are what english people call cracked but you believe me that this man has come to beechcroft it may be so he has good reasons doubtless for keeping his presence here secret whatever they may be i shall soon know them helen he is not worthy of you he cannot give you a love fierce as mine nay i will not be repelled hear me my wife is dying i will be free in a few months bid me to hope i will not trouble you i will go away but i swear if you marry fraser neither he nor you will long enjoy your happiness the girl made no reply but sprang towards the stile in sheer desperation capella strove to take her in his arms not indeed with intent to offer her any violence but she met his lover-like ardour with such a vigorous buffet that he lost his temper he caught her she had almost surmounted the stile but her dress hampered her movements the italian vowing his passion in an ardent flow of words endeavoured to kiss her then with a sigh for he would have preferred to avoid an open rupture brett let go his hold on hume indeed if he had not done so there must have been a fight on both sides of the hedge he turned away at once to light a cigarette what followed immediately had no professional interest for him but he could not help hearing helen's shriek of delighted surprise and certain other sounds which denoted that giovanni was being used as a football by his near relative by marriage mrs crowe came out of her cottage what's a goin on in the park sir she inquired anxiously a great event he said faust is kicking mephistopheles dread them colts she cried adding after taking thought but we haven't any horses of them names sir no you surprise me they are of the italian pedigree meanwhile he was achieving his object which was to drive mrs crowe back towards the wicket 
helen's voice came to them shrilly that will do davy do you hear me why bless my heart there's miss layton said mrs crow what a fine little boy this is exclaimed brett stooping over a curly-haired urchin is he the oldest good gracious sir no he is the youngest dear me i would not have thought so you must have been married very early here little man see what you can buy for half a crown what a nice gentleman he is to be sure thought the lodgekeeper's wife when brett passed through the smaller gate assured that the struggle in the park had ended just fancy him a-thinking jimmy was the eldest when i will be a grandmother come august if all goes well with kate the barrister signed to the groom to wait and joined the youngest couple who now appeared in the roadway a haggard dishevelled and furious man burst through the avenue hedge and ran across the drive mrs crow he almost screamed do you see those two men there yes sir the good woman was startled by her master's sudden appearance and his excited state they are never to be admitted to the grounds again do you understand yes sir capella turned to rush away up the avenue but he was compelled to limp mrs crow watched him wonderingly and tried to piece together in her mind the queer sounds and occurrences of the last two minutes she had not long been in the cottage when the butler arrived you let two gentlemen in a while ago he said i did one was mr david and the other a mr brett oh was that the tall gentleman's name i expect so well here's the missus's written order that whenever they want to come to the house or go anywhere in the park it's o okay. k mrs crow was wise enough to keep her own counsel but when the butler retired she said then i'll obey the missus and master can settle it with her i don't hold by italians anyhow End of chapter 5